Hi guys, this is Hannah here real quick with a little disclaimer before we jump into the episode. Um, I just wanted to let you guys know that we did suffer some um, audio loss during this episode, so there's some hard edits that you'll hear in here. Um, just a heads up that that's coming your way, but I hope you enjoy the rest of the episode regardless. Thanks! Talking tropes. I'm Hannah. Hey. Oh. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I thought there was going to be a pause. Off to a, an amazing start. Uh, we're doing a crossover episode today. So we've invited uh, the the voices behind AP Marvel, a podcast you can find on, on iTunes. And uh, yeah, anywhere podcasts are found. Um, I'm Hannah. Welcome, Chris and Anthony. Is this Hi. a crossover oh. episode? <laughs> <laughs> a little it rehearsal is. could have gone. Uh, yeah, it could have gone a, a little bit better. Us, Oof. I, I I like the messiness of it. Um, you know, <laughs> for those of you who are like, this is this is a total mess. This is worthless. At least it's not as bad as the Regrets Go Wild. So <laughs> you know, we're already ahead of the game. I saw that movie in theaters. Wow. We all did. Oh, I didn't think everyone. I thought like I was the only one. <laughs> Hey, I had the no, scratch, I, I and, the sniff scratch and sniff card. I yeah. brought the scratch, I got the and, sniff scratch and, and sniff and I sniffed sniff it. Too. Mm. I remember. Wow, yeah. what a time. If you want to follow along to this podcast at home, just take out your own card that you probably retrieved from uh, from Arby's. <laughs> and, uh... Whatever McDonald's tie-in you've got. Arby's? Yeah. More like R-A-P... Marvel. <laughs> just turn off this podcast right now. David, is this is this a uh, podcast sponsored by Arby's at all? Because I don't know if we're uh, into it, it. Couldn't possibly be sponsored by fewer people. <laughs> um. uh, talking tropes sponsored by Arby's Meat Mountain, not Arby's, just Meat Mountain that you find at an Arby's, right. like a, yeah. a, like a singular Meat Mountain, uh, which is an actual meat sandwich Mountain, you can uh, get at Arby's. Yeah, but just the one you see in the picture, not the actual one yes. that they serve to you. And and, right. and not Arby's, just the Meat Mountain from Arby's. That's what it's sponsored Great. By. It's hey, actually the hey, off-brand Anthony. one where it's spelled R- A-R-B-E-E, apostrophe S. So. <laughs> yes. All right. Fair bit of warning. Hey, hey Anthony. Yes. Um, you, you guys come from a, a a world of crossover. Basically, every one of your episodes in some ways about crossovers because you're dealing with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yes. What is what has that done to to revolutionize the world of crossovers? Would uh, you say it's made it so that more people want to do them. Uh, some Very pe- true. Some people do them right. Some people do them, but most people do them horribly wrong. Uh, right. You're talking about like the push for shared universes in like Amazing Spider-Man Two. Yes. And you know the DC um, mess the. the the, the dark yeah, universe. The Tom Cruise's The Mummy. The, and like other stuff The dark like that. universe. Yeah, the dark universe and The Mummy. <laughs> Ugh, fuck it is made, it, it is basically created the urge to create mega franchises. You can't, every studio can't just have franchises anymore. They have to have a big mm-hmm. one. So even if that means kind of, tur- like, um, reconfiguring something old. So like, Fast and Furious now has Fast and Furious presents, for example, 
Um, Fantastic I mean, that Beasts. That was a, like a very well defined franchise. Oh yeah, sure. So it's, but, it's, but maybe is that like more forgivable if it's already like a huge franchise to have spinoffs? Maybe or... that depends on how you feel about the franchise because we can talk about sure. J.K. Rowling's oh, Wizarding boy. World, as she calls it, uh, all day long. But before we get into to. that, uh, I have a, just a side question. Just before we're going into yeah. this, is Once Upon a Time a crossover? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Okay, because like some of those characters are like written like like literary characters before they became Disney characters, but then they became Disney characters. Like, all well, why would it be less of a crossover that they're literary characters? Is my question. So, like, this is something that that's sort of built into the assumption about what a crossover is. Yeah. Is we have it very tied into the idea of intellectual property. And my thesis for this whole uh, episode is going to be: we should abolish intellectual property. <laughs> Well, well, yes, and also, uh, would uh, would the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen be oh, a crossover? Hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, like those are literary characters, right? Yeah, but like Rise of the Guardians. When when I'm thinking of crossover, and I I don't know if I mentioned this, I feel like there has to be some forms of media that exist that are concurrent with the thing that is going on. So if there was a, because I believe Tom Sawyer is a character in League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, if there was a movie called Tom Sawyer, and then the next movie was League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, it would make sense. But since it's just a bunch of random characters that they didn't have a movie about, and then they made a movie about all these characters randomly that are just based off literary characters, I wouldn't consider that a crossover. I consider a crossover to be any media that has characters from different creators, different... Um, you know, different worlds that mm-hmm. we then learn exist within the same universe. Okay. So what if it's a deal where, like, so let's talk Static Shock really briefly. <laughs> let's talk yeah. Static Shock. Static Shock, it is, is, it is in the DC animated universe, the Bruce Timm, yeah. Dwayne McDuffie world. And, you know, so they would have crossovers with, say, Justice League, Batman Beyond. But then occasionally Crossover you had... with Gargoyles. That's not what I was going, but oh. no, I was. Did they go? They did did, I don't. Not. I don't remember the gargoyles. They did episode. not do that. No, I no. They I'm did talking. For some you're just making I'm shit talking up. about. Um, they, they they crossed over with real people, as in like Shaquille O'Neal and like <laughs> Yao Ming and like okay. well, yeah, the Hoop I guess Squad. Fair, remember the Hoop Squad? Cross over with a with a person who actually exists. Um, <laughs> well, because. Yeah, that's a guess. Unless it's a then? super fictionalized version of them, like right. if Shaq was a superhero. Oh, he from was in this a show. <laughs> superhero comic strip called, you know, Shaq Fu or something. Then that would be a crossover. That's a ridiculous idea. They should never do that. <laughs> <laughs> they they were they made basketball real life NBA stars play themselves, and they were a fictional superhero team called the Hoop Squad. Wow, is yeah. literally yeah. what they did. Was that the Hanna Barbera one? No, in the no, shock? no, this no, this was this was this was like two thousands ass Static Shock on Kids Classic. WB. Yeah, Space Ooh. Jam is a crossover. But Michael Jordan's real. Um, yeah, but they they crossed over with uh with Bill Murray. I don't know who he's supposed to be playing himself, but <laughs> right? <laughs> but Bill Murray was just playing Bill yeah. Murray. I mean, also, it's like sort of a crossover of all Looney the Looney Tunes. But don't they all so sort of exist? Yeah, they also already yeah. exist in universe. I th- 
Right, but they're not all in there in each other's stories. Like w- a Wiley Coyote, I believe, can cross over with Bugs Bunny. Okay, and they did in like the forties. So, so, so here's an interesting point. I'm going to bring up three pieces of medium, and I'm going to go back to going on with Scooby Doo. How Scooby Doo has the supernatural crossover, the um, one, the Batman ones, all that. Mm-hmm. There's so <laughs> many crossovers. Harlem Globetrotters. Yes. Well, we should start. We should start. You know, getting organized. We should start sorting these into no. categories. No, <laughs> no, we shouldn't. So get yeah, organized. you're getting you're getting like way into. <laughs> yeah. th- there's like these different groups, and so you've got like um, you've got like the 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 Wreck It Ralph style. Like we're just seeing all the characters in the background of someone else's story. Roger so that's, Rabbit. You know who framed Roger Rabbit. Um, you could also even put like um, Kingdom Hearts in there to some extent, like. You're just seeing a bunch of characters in the background while telling a totally original story. Sure. Um, and then you've got, um, w- when you're talking about, like, the Looney Tunes crossing over with each other, that's a shared universe. Like, they just all exist in the same universe. Mm-hmm. We accept that. And they're all owned by the same company, so there's mm-hmm. no, like, issues with legal rights. Yeah, that that's, that. I've never considered that because it's, like, it's it's kind of like a variety show, right? So there would be, like, different shorts, exactly. but it's, it's the same show? Just, like... Right, that's a tough. And one. then they made the the you know uh, late two thousands um, uh, Looney Tunes show on Cartoon Network, which was like Seinfeld meets Looney Tunes, <laughs> and I would sure. consider that in and of itself a crossover. But um, I think it's interesting. Like the I, I read a lot about you know the origins of Space Jam and like what the producers were thinking, <laughs> and basically they were like one of them saw Ghostbusters, and they were like, "This is the weirdest fucking movie I've ever seen." How do we like? How do we top this? <laughs> and so they just like brought in Bill Murray, and they were like, "Oh, people really like that commercial with Bugs Bunny and Michael Jordan in it." So what I if mean, we just made that a movie? That sounds yeah, about right. I, mean, I think they've done that with. They did that with uh, Geico. With the caveman. <laughs> the Geico. That's caveman. true. There are commercial crossovers as well, and oh, they're uh, awful. Well, they're also give me my flow. The progressive girl TV show. <laughs> Was was Looney Tunes back in action a pseudo sequel to I don't Space Jam? Uh, yeah, but it was but it was just like everything no, went you've wrong never with seen the development. Looney Tunes back in action. <laughs> oh, it's such a good movie. It's, it's not a good movie. It's, it's Brendan Fraser it's and like Steve Martin. Steve, yeah, just playing it's with a like a bunch movie. of Looney Tunes characters and really kid. unfunny <laughs> sketches. Not a good movie. Oh, I loved that as a kid. I never <laughs> would watch it again, but I loved it. <laughs> I watched it again, so that's that's <laughs> the kind of masochist that I am. Ugh. This is just like the where I show it off my kink for bad crossovers. Yeah, yeah. No, this, this show is actually out for that, right? Yeah, I yeah. think you've mentioned Regrets Go Wild, David. <laughs> we got to talk about it though; it's so important. Well, what? Um, because it's just like Nickelodeon has so few properties, right? And so they've made like a few of them into movies, and the two that they made into movies that actually made money they were just like let's put them together so like the wild thornberries movie made money and the rugrats movies made money so they're just we'll do both <laughs> can you can you refresh me on the plot of this one cuz i have not watched it <laughs> the rugrats go on vacation like they do in uh-huh. most of their movies um on a cruise ship the cruise ship literally well, not, not a cruise ship it turns out up 
they end up stranded on a deserted no, they island get like a small until they find boat. that the wild thornberries are also there looking for animals. And because Eliza can talk to animals, the big uh, marquee thing was that, oh, you're going to hear Spike the dog from oh my God. Rugrats talk. And guess who the celebrity voice guess. is? You'll never, yeah, you'll literally never guess. I don't know who was it. Uh, one Mr. Bruce Willis. <laughs> Iconic Mr. voice actor. Mr. Willis. I'll only um, show up for one day of shooting Tops Willis. Oh, great. Yeah. That's in his contract. Um, he will not show uh, up for any film, including Glass, unless he can only be there for one day. <laughs> yeah, you want to talk about Glass? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not yet. I think we have to lead into that. <laughs> <laughs> No, Regrets Grow Wild is the is the, uh, the the patient zero of crossovers, it seems like we've decided. <laughs> uh, uh, excuse me? You mean uh, That's the Sweet Life of Hannah Montana? Which is... Well, you want to talk about the actual... Do you guys want to talk about the actual patient zero? Like, the first ever real crossover? I want to hear what that was, because I actually don't know. But uh... Yeah, it was Frankenstein meets Wolfman. <laughs> ah. I think it was a book. No, but that's the thing. In books, you really didn't have it. There are no real literary examples of crossovers prior to, like, the invention of film and the standardization of uh, intellectual property. Because if people wrote, like, spin-offs... I'm sorry, and... if, Looney Tunes, if Looney Tunes is a shared universe slash crossover, does that mean the Bible is yeah, a shared yeah. universe? Yeah, Bible verse! <laughs> no, like, that's my point. Is like, is, Iliad. Is the Iliad and that trilogy... Is that trilogy a crossover? No. Well, that, that's what I'm saying, right? So you would never yeah. have characters from the Iliad show up in the Odyssey except for gods, and that's because they mm. weren't considered fictional, mm. basically. So they were free mm-hmm. game. But if you came yeah. up with a character, you basically didn't put them in other stories. Now, Shakespeare had spinoffs. Um, he had The Merry Wives of Windsor, which was a Falstaff comedy spinoff of uh, Henry IV. Oh. But he would never cross over his characters other than actual historical figures. Lovecraft actually had massive crossovers with other authors. Yeah. Th- that's true. I guess there was pulp. I mean, um, I'm talking like, uh, Hannah, you put this on the list, like Nancy Drew crossing over with yeah. um, well, the so Hardy Boys. I, I mean, I think when we're, I think our modern um, idea of what a crossover is, is just so necessarily tied to like money and tied to sort of like, corporate cash grabs or trying to like boost like properties that are either new or failing with like successful ones um that it almost feels like we're talking about different things when if you know like if we're if we could talk about fan fiction for days if like we're going to talk about crossovers that are just like right free you know but the whole point is that we're mainly focusing on licensed crossovers to avoid like yeah well it's just my headcanon that uh, Wreck-It Ralph exists in the Toy Story universe, but there's no confirmation of that. Yeah, and I mean, that would mean that Sora exists in the real Pixar movie, uh, <laughs> yes. Wreck-It Ralph 2. Mm. No, Sora doesn't exist. Sora is uh, is just in a video oh, game in great. Wreck-It Love Ralph it. world. Um, That's my headcanon. Except Wreck-It Ralph oh. is a summon in Kingdom Hearts 3, so then where's that all... Where does that fit in, huh? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. so I think, like... When I was looking for sort of, like, literature crossovers, the first one that sort of jumped out to me is, like, ah, this feels like some corporate synergy is, like, 
Hardy Boys Nancy Drew, you know, like it's the same genre for different um, like gendered audiences and they're owned by the same people. They Mm -hmm. follow similar formats. They're basically the same reading level. Of course, let's throw them together and get some of the girls reading Hardy Boys and vice versa, you know, Um, like like that feels it feels imposed, you know. Right. The same thing goes for, like, most comic crossovers, which I guess are sort of the grandfathers of, you know, modern crossovers. So, you know, you got, like, Archie and Sabrina the Teenage Witch have a shared universe, and there's a DC universe and a Marvel universe that started very early with um, the Human Torch fighting Prince Namor Mm. uh, or the Submariner. Because I I, I think... Because I, so like I, I, very early you know, as well. going back to what David was saying <laughs> as his thesis of we should just abolish intellectual property, like, I think it's very normal for humans to go, oh, I like this character. What if they interacted with this other character? Like, it's it's a very core, like, storytelling instinct, I think. Well, you would think so, but then why does it take so long? It, it really requires intellectual property for these even to, to come about, because before that, everyone was just like, listen, you got your characters, I got mine. Like, there's no such thing as public domain, so why would I well, use someone else's true. character? Well, that's not true. Like, if, if you go to the, back to, like, 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 I'm talking, like, literal, like, God stories, like, a Nazi, you But know? they believe like, those to be literally true. Like, it was, like, the equivalent of writing no, no, about, no, but, you know, Martin Luther King. tales, you know? Like, they, like, we can go... Grim fairy tales? Sure. Like, fairy tales and, like, folk tales, like, um, like, Jack from Jack and the Beanstalk. Like, Jack tales. Um, Jack and Jill went up the hill. Like, it's supposedly the same... Those are the same like, Jack? quote, unquote, Jack. Yes. <laughs> what? Yes. What? It's like, it's... Wait, Jack from the Robin Williams Francis Ford Coppola about, movie? Are you about Jack and Jill? Oh, no, I was thinking about... It, it, I was thinking about Dick and Jane. And I and I was gonna and then I was gonna say you mean Dick and Jane the Jim Carrey movie? <laughs> Fun with Jack and Jill, yeah. Wait, was there a was there a crossover between Dick and Jane and Jack? Not and at Jill? all. No. No. In the nursery rhyme okay, cinematic not universe. Dick and, Jane. Dick and Jane v Jack and Jill. <laughs> oh my god! Like you could say like there's plenty of things that like sort of do a shared universe of like Mother Goose rhymes um, and stuff like that, which are sort of independent. Are they really? Like, I, I can't remember them. Like, <laughs> I mean, there's, there's, there's like characters that overlap, but I don't know if they're literally supposed to be the yes, same characters. The they're more same... like character archetypes. Well, right. But like, that's the idea is like, it's the, Anansi I mean, there's into the woods archetype, and it's like, but... okay, we have this. No, character. but Anansi was, Anansi's different. Cause Anansi was a God. Whereas like the big bad wolf, there are just many wolves in children's stories. Like, they weren't necessarily literally the same wolf. Yeah, but, like, but but cultures tend to have characters and character archetypes that they will latch onto and call the same thing, whether or not they're originally that in their first telling. And orally, or they are pass they? down and become, like, this... They become mythological, but they start out as people basically writing fan fiction. Like, that's what folk tales gotcha. are. And that's all... That's crossovers, but that's like free. Chris, I'm calling on you to resolve this. What What, what do you think? Who do you side with? I I'm just so curious if if people envision them as because you know when I was a kid, I used to have a fantasy that everything that was written, every fictional story, were all in the same universe mm-hmm. somehow. You know, like whether it be like a rom com and a or like a horror movie, but like there's nothing to disprove that they take place in the same. You- 
right. planet I mean, Earth, that, you know? <laughs> so I'm wondering, like, if you, if you, like, go back all the way to, like, all of the mythological and, like, all the folk tales and myths, like, were they all, like, made well, in their own vacuum? Were they actu- all, like, just kind of, like, passed on? Like, who, like, who, no one really owns those right. stories, right? So um, it's really up to, like, anyone's imagination of, like, whether or not those are like are are one mm-hmm. i guess if i'm if if they if i'm wording that no, totally. correctly in a way that makes sense yeah but, i mean like that's what um, the whole um like fate series of animes is basically like what if all the amazing famous people <laughs> right. were all real in the same universe and bullshit happens um but yeah like it like it's a common thing that we we i like i love that thank you for sharing that, like that you had this idea as a kid, because I think that's like the fundamental thing is like, we want our favorite things to all exist in the same universe. You know, I used to mm-hmm. pretend that like the Pokemon cards could fight the Yu-Gi-Oh cards, yeah. but I was really thrown off by the numbers written on the cards. <laughs> Cause I was like, well, like Dark Magician would kick the shit out of Pikachu. He's got 2000 attack and Pikachu's got like 20. <laughs> I'll do you one better. When I was a kid, I used to put checkers on oh, the chessboard, shit. and I'll make them fight each other. I mean, I was like, what if they were one game? That's why Super Smash Brothers is so amazing, <laughs> especially for like kids that would play it. It's like, oh my god, yeah. I love Samus in Metroid, and I love Donkey Kong. Like, I don't know how to play this fighting game, but hey, I know the Zelda. Okay, so this is another major type of crossover, which, like going into not only the format, which is, like, fighting games, but the narrative, which is there's some kind of, like, godlike being that brings together a bunch of, like, you know, famous characters and says, fight. Now you fight. Ultimate showdown of ultimate destiny. Tournament of legends. That is is what Secret Wars is. Exactly. In the Marvel comics. Yeah, Yeah. and then, like, it's also Marvel versus DC in the comics, um, which eventually results in the amalgam universe <laughs> where you've got literally I like batman it. gets fused with wolverine what? and makes a character called dark claw no it's... no no this is real this is real. dr fate and dr strange turn into dr strange fate just my I'm favorite sorry, one guys. why isn't it called dr strange love i'm so upset i'm like not able to continue this podcast now i have to go lie down it's so bad i have one i have one it's um storm and wonder woman uh, like a one-shot issue. I think it's like Wonder somewhere Storm. in my room. Is it called Wonderstormin? Something oh like God. that. It, it, it was a better name than that, but it was still a stupid. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, I mean, then when you go to video games and you have Marvel mm-hmm. versus Capcom, you have you have the whole Tekken right. thing. Right, but in like the story modes, Soul it's Caliber, always like there's like they... a godlike being who just like wants to see them fight. A hand, perhaps. Uh, why is Negan in Tekken? Explain <laughs> that to me. And not Mortal uh, Kombat for some reason. And also, uh, can we explain why, like, Geralt is in Soul... Well, Geralt's in Soul Calibur. Uh, hey, I believe Darth, Spawn uh, was in Soul Calibur. Yoda was Yoda? in Soul Calibur. Link was in Soul Calibur. Yoda, Yoda, yeah. Link was. Yeah. Uh, anyone with the sword in any universe that ever existed in the history of pop culture was in Soul Calibur. So here's, the, he, here's my question yeah. for y'all. Yeah. Um, talking about the format, this is not so much a narrative thing, but a technical sure. thing. Yeah. Because I'm interested in the in the um, neutral ground crossover where it's like a smash bros thing where there's no like dominance or character home field advantage. or one where it's like a or one yeah or like one where it's like hey this guy is going to show up on this guy's thing you know yeah i, I like 
when they when they normally do that type of thing in TV shows, they normally do like three episodes or two episodes that are like one episode where like the sh- like if it like this happened. So Eureka and Warehouse Thirteen had a crossover. Uh, I don't know either of those. For- I watched your Warehouse 13 a lot okay. when I was a kid. So Eureka, a character from the TV, the sci-fi show Eureka crossover into a Warehouse 13 episode. And then a char- character from the Warehouse 13 episode crossover into a Eureka episode. So they would have mm-hmm. two episodes from two separate shows, but they would have the, they would show that link. Sometimes, and then they'll sometimes, in other mediums, they'll have that neutral thing that you talked about, Chris, where it's like a bunch of different things in a separate amalgam universe where all the characters mm-hmm. are together the defenders uh, maybe might be one so you're, you're like... talking specifically about ones where it's not a shared universe because like for the avengers obviously you can just keep mm. bringing a new writer but if it's two like different shows you have to sort of like shuffle together the writing teams and the producing teams and if it's animation you have to like pick an animation style to, to go with mm-hmm. Um, yeah, actually, my my original question was that was was for Rugrats to go wild. Like, are are Wild Thornberries and Rugrats the same animation studio, or was there? Some I believe they are both class cross Um Yeah. Okay, that and makes think, it easier. And I think then. that was that was the same thing with Eureka and Warehouse Thirteen. I think they had the same producing staff. Yeah. So this is often Jimmy like Jimmy Power Hours where things get have, wonky. You'll just have crossovers that exist solely because it's the same studio, um, and right. then you know. Those can be f- sort of fun, um, just because it's you know the writers talking about like the stuff that they liked on one show and the stuff they liked on the other show. I think like the Jetsons Family and the Flintstones falls into that. Full what house. was that? Family Matters and Full yeah. House. Um, was that the sure. same I I, I, studio? It was just the same channel. See, I don't know. That's why I brought that up. I don't network. know if that was because of now '90s people just being like. Oh, I think this that was more cool. like the same network, like... kind of like Jimmy Timmy Power okay. Hour is the same network. Or gotcha. the. And versus like Flintstones yeah. and Jetsons crossing over, which is mm-hmm. Hanna Barbera. There was the um the I think it was the finale of Fresh Prince Bel Air, and they were selling the mansion, and a lot of random sitcom characters just showed up to like consider buying the mansion. I, mean, I think one of them was like the Jeffersons. Uh, the Jeffersons also had... crossed over on a different episode where they do couples counseling, and it's like uh, <laughs> it's like sure. beautiful because it's like um you know the metaphor of this abusive sort of TV relationship that, you know, was, like, super funny becomes, like, a metaphor for this much younger relationship that's starting to to bloom and, like, the problems with gender roles and, you know, stereotypes with them that ultimately lead to these, like, miserable Jefferson-type marriages where they've been married 40 years and they can only say insults about each other. Hmm. Wow. Dark. That's big, some actual thematic weight to that crossover for once. Yeah, also there's thematic um, weight to it just because the Jeffersons were just this pioneering, like, black family on television. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. you know, Fresh Prince was trying to sort of follow up on that. Can I can I talk about one crossover that I don't like and one yeah. that I do like? Yeah, do it. Kind of tra- so one I don't like, and it's this is going in with the, um, oh, they're owned by the same company, would be... Uh, it was Power Rangers in Space meets Ninja Turtles. <laughs> and the thing was that, oh, everyone, everyone's like, oh, I remember when the Power Rangers met the Ninja Turtles. That was so cool. But the thing is that these were not your Ninja mm. Turtles, you know. This was this was Saban, Saban being the company that owned uh, Power Rangers and, like, Beetleborgs and stuff like that. Uh, they had a their own live action Ninja Turtles series called Ninja Turtles colon the next mutation. Oh, the girl one. 
Yes. Uh, the girl, Venus, uh, de, uh, Venus de Milo uh, was the girl in uh, Turtle. Um, and they had these iter- this iteration of the Ninja Turtles show up in the more popular Power Rangers show, and it was just it's just it's not a good episode. Like, I think you'll find that they're not good episodes whenever it, the the origin is sort of like let's see if we can boost the popularity yeah. of this show yeah, because exactly. the other one is yeah. doing really well. For this one show that ended that like lasted like what maybe Ninja Turtles was like mm-hmm. one season perhaps uh, it couldn't have been longer than two. No, but the the crossover I want to talk about that I like is so you talked about Marvel versus DC, but I have four issues of this really wonderful mini series called JLA Avengers mm, or yeah. Avengers JLA because they switch every other <laughs> okay. issue because equal. That's also um, like the gods having a contest though, right? Uh, not, not exactly. Yeah, like like the the cosmic be- like Grandmaster from Marvel and uh, Krona from DC, and they're not exactly gods, but they're like celestial mm-hmm. beings. Yeah. And it's basically a bet, but the thing I like about that is um, go- going along with the, oh, this crossover actually has, like, a lot of thematic things going on. It has, they, they visit each other. The Avengers visit the DC Universe and vice versa, the Justice League, the Marvel Universe. And they're, like, there are physical differences. Like, oh, um, where where Metropolis is in our universe, it's there's literally nothing there. Or um, the Marvel Earth is slightly smaller than the DC <laughs> Earth. But then you have things like... Um, you know, um, Captain America looks at how everyone worships uh, Superman and Wonder Woman and how they're celebrities, and he, he like he like compares them to, to tyrants. Mm. And then Superman looks at um, mutants being uh, segregated and, and oppressed, and um, he sees like Doctor Doom running his own fucking nation. <laughs> right. like, that's just a fucking trash heap. And he's like, "Wow, these heroes <laughs> suck. Like they do not inspire their people." So a lot of the a lot of the um, there's a lot of fist fighting, but there's a lot of like ideological arguments between Clark Kent and Steve Rogers, and I just kind of yeah. love that. It sounds really and, good. And you know, they eventually they eventually have to team up, and like they they kind of come to a conclusion, like you know, we're not compatible in any way, and we realize that. And it's like kind of the it's kind of a way of. Um, being self-aware of the actual creative differences between the two companies, and I just really adore yeah, that a lot. That sounds um, awesome. It was really cool because, like, the the plot is like Krona like kind of backstabs the Grandmaster, and he literally tries to shove the two Earths okay. together, and it's they're not compatible. They're not compatible. It just causes a mess. <laughs> Which is why I think the Amalgam universe is so fucking stupid. (laughs) um, It's just like the the idea that, like, there ever would be a person who would become a Superboy slash Spider-Man just just because (laughs) those two properties exist separately. Like, why would a person who who has the ability to fly, like, become a spider? Why would the Amazonian woman also have, like, weather powers? Right. And why is her name Doctor Strange Fate? (laughs) 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 Anyway, that's not going to happen again because apparently there's too much bad blood between uh, modern-day DC and modern-day Marvel for that to ever happen again. I believe that. Comics or movies? uh, Both, probably, honestly. Like, you'll you'll never get a scene. Until we abolish abolish intellectual property. Let's do it. Um... Hey, I, I want to call back to Anthony's thing of, you yes. know... Lovecraft, yeah. Why, no, why, no. why do they have to be concurrently running? Why is it not a crossover if the Fonz shows up in an episode of Joni, and Ch- Joni, Joni Loves Chachi? 
Joni Vichachi. Dawn of Justice. I think... Um, I think that there is uh, when because they're in the same you like they're in this like there is a known understood universe, and if they interact with it, it's and it is not kind of considered a uni- a crossover by like general means. Then it I, but like it creates really different I, I, stories. Like one of the first ones that I thought of. Uh, in terms of crossovers was when Raven uh, from That's So Raven goes to the White House for Corey in the house. Um, <laughs> you know, Corey's all over here with his uh, hot jams. Mm-hmm. And, and why are his jams so hot? That's my question. Um, and then, you know, R- Raven shows up and is like telling the future. And I've created a whole headcanon in which Raven predicts the end of the world. And it's caused by Corey in the house's nuclear holocaust. Um <laughs> episode that was never aired wait what yeah the one where uh, Corey sets off a nuclear blast that wipes out all of humanity um and uh raven predicts uh, it, it. Oh, 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 oh. hold on what yeah no you don't remember that <laughs> excuse me didn't happen it's Tony, do we need a recapper on the extended that's so raven oh slash Corey in the house universe well because of that's so sweet life of hannah montana which exist and is a thing shows that there are there is a convergence of th- of four uh f- no five sorry right. five uh no six, but that's so raven sorry. wasn't six. running while cory in the house was so like you would say that's not a crossover right uh between that's so raven and cory in the yeah. house i would not say it's a crossover like what like spin-offs would, and shared and universe, like what is spin-offs the are now? different yeah spin-offs are different than crossovers well, uh, well, I so mean, like, a spinoff is different than a crossover, but if a spinoff then brings in a character the from the old off. show, like, how is that not a crossover? I think maybe there's maybe two distinct categories of crossover. Mm. One that's based off of a spinoff or one that's based off of a known universe and another that is just a crossover that, things. like, of two things. Right. So, like... That's a Sweet Life of Hannah Montana is a crossover of two things where Raven appearing in Corey in the House is a spin-off crossover. Sure. Yeah. Like Joni loves Dear Chachi Lord. and the Fonz. Yeah, I, I and, get it. It's just so And uh Walter White and uh uh Better Call Saul. Mm-hmm. So so what do you think about like generational crossovers like when um you know you have Star Trek generations where Kirk meets Picard or like Yu-Gi-Oh! Bonds Beyond Time, where Yugi meets his descendants of card <laughs> games, Jaden and um, uh, the guy on the motorcycle. Are there TV shows about those yes. characters? Yeah, but they don't run concurrently. It goes Yu-Gi-Oh! Yu-Gi-Oh! GX and Yu-Gi-Oh! I, 5Ds, I think that's a... and then they all duel but an evil moon I've like, never that... watched those things, and nor do I have any understanding of this. <laughs> oh! Yeah, Digimon. Well, sort of. Yeah, Digimon has generational it, crossovers. You wouldn't call those Digimon. Crossovers? The movie had basically two movies uh, attached. No, to No, that each doesn't other, count. That's, com- they, that's that was a weird one because in Japan they were different movies, and the U.S. version combines them. No, I'm talking about there's an episode wherein, like, you know, um, in in Yu-Gi-Oh, or sorry, in Digimon Tamers, there's a character wow. named Ryo who's actually from a video game and who actually appeared in, like, 
previous uh, seasons of the show that are supposed to take place in a different universe. Yeah, that's weird, because, like, I thought in Tamers that adventure was yes. fictional, right? Right, that's because... true, but it's also existed in another dimension, and so Rio, like, travels to a different dimension in the video game and then ends up in Tamer's world. Okay, but forget all that, and let me tell you about when I was a little kid, and I wrote a Digimon meets Garfield. Yes! Uh, <laughs> oh, no! Um, no! No, 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 no! Wait, what does Garfield Digivolve into? Let me, let me, let me oh do a search God. this. But, uh, it, it was, it wait, was, season, on, it was the on. season four. So hold, that was the on. one where they would hold turn on. into the Digimon. So John, John, John takes out his Garfield? like scanning thing and turns this. into Garfield. Why, did, Chris? Uh, Chris, why do you have to Google this? Let's see. I had to find. So, so here's the story. <laughs> oh wait, not well, the story uh, of I, the fan fiction, but the I, story of how the fan fiction came to be. Chris, did you write this down? Uh, it is somewhere on the internet. I think I looked it up a oh couple months God, ago. Oh my God! Is it on fanfiction.net? Oh no. Oh yeah. no! It's not on fanfiction.net. Chris, on you don't else. understand. I need this. <laughs> I need this so bad. I need if... this. This is going. This is going to shake the boots <laughs> of the internet forever. Probably not. No. Then let me tell you why. So, <laughs> I was not the originator of this idea. Oh. I'm trying oh. to say. Oh. Derivative. Actually, stealing intellectual property. Plagiarism. Like, yeah. So it was like it was like eight year old me. Let's say I don't remember. It was this website called I think it was called Ed by Design. Like E. By design, I forget how to spell it, but it was um, there was some girl named Ivy who wrote um, Garfield meets Digimon season four, and it was just like just the animals, so not John Arbuckle. It was just the animals, so like you got your Garfield. What is Odie, Garfield without John? Your normal, your normal, normal, normal is there. Okay, and also a made up um original character named Floyd who was a mouse. That's amazing. And they just they just met the Digimon season four characters and they got their own like digi evolutions. And then I was like, hey, that's a really good idea. I really like Garfield season four of Digimon. Into. This is so important to me. I I have to look it up, but um, they, they, I remember Digivolve I remember writing a chart on a piece of paper. Mega Garfield much, Mon. But um, I wrote a an unauthorized sequel to that other person's fanfiction. What's authorized it was called... about fanfiction? It's never authorized. Yeah. Exactly, right? So there are just layers of this. So it was called Garfield Meets Digimon, in parentheses, season four, again. I just added the word again That's to the so end of my good. series. Wow. The squeakquel. That, that it should have been called the, the squeakquel. <laughs> well, I was eight years old. I wasn't clever, so... Um, uh, the Reckoning? But if, if uh, I, like I looked Google back. Room? I looked back at, like, the chapters of this, and they're all, like, a paragraph or two long. It's like... Then, um, you know, I forget the character's name. Like, then this guy in Garfield saw the mountain to be continued. <laughs> it was literally like that. Like, <laughs> wow. Uh, but yeah. And then that, and then that Ivy person then did another thing, and it just it kind of became like a. It, listen, we were ahead of our time. <laughs> yes. Um, the MCU that did not exist back then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We still yeah, haven't caught yeah. up. Yeah, no, not not at all. And here's the here's the funniest part of that. I only liked Digimon when I was a kid. I knew nothing about Garfield. <laughs> I thought Floyd was Wait, a real Garfield you didn't character. See the, you didn't see the Bill Murray Garfield? No, movie? of course I haven't. You didn't read no. like the comics of the paper. I knew what Garfield. I I made up. I might you have didn't like, play Garfield Kart seen Racing. One, uh, no, Anthony, I did not do that at all. No. Wasn't anyway, there a Garfield like animated game? show on when we were kids too? There totally was. There must have been, yeah. 
Um, yeah. I remembered it vividly because Garfield never opened his mouth. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I, like, I'm so sorry I told you about bubbles. this. It was just speech bubbles. Wow. But, um, now, what does Pamela Anderson have to do with this Garfield? <laughs> we can't cross over with my Bim Bam. They're not involved in this. Sorry, I was age nine, not eight. Oh, so, um, oh I found it. Yes. Here it is. Garfield meets Digimon season four. No, it's Gar- sorry. It's Garfield meets Digimon four again, part one. <laughs> it was another nice day in the Arbuckle house. Like, then uh, a portal we, appeared. Do we have like a yeah. link dump on this? Because I think we should. Put I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna send you the link to part one, and then you have to find <gasps> the rest yourself. Oh, this is gonna be so good. Wait, wait, oh, no, no, no. Let be... me keep going. Floyd the mouse went through the portal. Garfield saw Floyd go through the portal. Don't go! Shouted Garfield. Garfield followed Floyd. Nelmo, I think I spelled that wrong. And Odie saw Garfield <laughs> go through the portal and followed them. New line. Where are the house pets going? New line. Find out in part two. Great cliffhanger. I do want to find out where they're going. I have some yeah, this notes. This was published on um... February 17th, 2003. Did um, you have an editor for this? What? Did you have an editor for this? No! Yeah. <laughs> no. Amazed. Ed by Design does have an editor, and like they like this person always rates everything from one to five, which is a cruel thing to do to children. And uh, <laughs> this part one got a rating of two, so better than one. Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. Wow, 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 wow. <laughs> anyway, I th- that was me opening up. I've never told that to anyone except for like one person. So uh, thank. I now feel- it's out there now, for the world to know. Now the world knows. Yeah. Can we, can we talk about Disney's House of Mouse just to completely change topics? <laughs> sure. That is a, that is a drastic switch, and I love Disney's House of Mouse. I mean, that's Mouse. another one uh, like Space Jam or Roger Rabbit a little bit. But like they, yeah. but like none of those characters in the Disney universe like make any sense to exist in the same universe. There's talking animals and non-talking animals. There's you know, anthropomorphic animals and non-anthropomorphic. There's, like, these villains who clearly, like, don't belong in each other's universes. Like, I'm pretty sure Claude Frollo is there. Yep. They're sitting at tables ordering yep. dinner. They're sitting, ta- they're sitting at tables. Max is the waiter. <laughs> Max no, Goof is the waiter. Here, here's the thing. I think House of Mouse was based off of a commercial. Um, is it? The, uh, now, now, this is going to be a, little, a slight little tangent. Um, if anyone remembers the TV show of Sonic X, yeah, <laughs> of uh, hold on, Sonic X, um, uh, Bratz, uh, Cubics, uh, Wait, what does Bratz have to do with Cubics teenage, and Sonic X? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, Kirby, right back at ya. There was a uh, Fox uh, had this thing called Fox uh, Box. Yeah. Kids TV or mm-hmm. the Fox Box. And there was a commercial pseudo pseudo commercial episode where they called it the fight for the fox box, and all of the villains like were in communication with other and teamed up, and then all the char- hero characters from all the universes teamed up to fight the villains. Right, I see what you're saying. You're talking about like um, the shared universes of the commercials between. Uh, you know, um, they're called bumpers. So you've got, like, yeah, Toon City for Cartoon things. Network, where, like, you would have characters from the Cartoon Network shows interacting at, like, a laundromat. Oh, those, those were fun. Um, and then you've yep. got, like, the Nickelodeon st- stuff, where they would, like, do the Christmas specials in between mm-hmm. um, in between Christmas cartoons. Because yeah. it was attached to a I Sonic remember X Fight for the Fox Boss. I had a DVD of that. <laughs> um, that I stole from a friend. Um, <laughs> 
So, so here's the thing, because each each segment from each show began with that show's theme song. It was a clear, like, advertisement right. for every show. And it ended on a cliffhanger where it's like, go online to this website to enter <laughs> these numbers and save the Fox Box. <laughs> like, it ends with the Ninja Turtles trapped in a building that's about to oh explode. My God. So it's like... <laughs> so here's a question. Are these things, like, effective, and in what way are they effective? Like, does that stuff matter to you in terms of the way that you consume the show? that you like or do you feel like it's bogged down by like advertising for these other shows that you don't care about or it, it was a novelty it was like oh that's fun that like the funky cops are meeting with the guy from ultimate muscle because <laughs> like right. i like one of those shows i guess but which one um, uh oh i was an ultimate I, I i thought ultimate muscle was funny when i was a kid oh, was i had fun. never seen that, the funky cops wait, you didn't so, enjoy funky cops i mean that works for like oh now i know what funky cops is right but it didn't um, make so you that worked on it. me as an advertisement yeah I was looking, but and I, I not, saw I the not. ratings for <laughs> different um, Lilo and Stitch the Series episodes that crossed over with other shows. Oh, wow. And literally the highest rated episode of Lilo and Stitch the Series. Kim Possible. Highest rated. Yes, yeah, the Kim Possible one. Mm. Yeah. That got the most views. Right. The least views for the entire show Recess. is the one where it crossed over with Recess. Yes! Oh my wow. god, I just guessed both of those. <laughs> and Proud Family was somewhere in the middle. Wow. So it's, it's interesting because wow, this... it's like it, you can lift up a show or you can drag down a show based on their their likability with this other property. That's so interesting because I love like all of the shows that you mentioned, but I didn't give a shit about the Lilo and Stitch show. <laughs> I I actually did because well, I thought that family. there was... And yeah. every time I watched an episode, I always wanted to see like... The next numbered one, it it didn't okay, have the one. heart of the of the movie. No, I, I just felt like I was watching an inferior product. <laughs> yeah. which is the one where he gets the girlfriend. Yeah, uh, yeah he gets that. No, that in was the show. show. Yeah. That was six two four. Yeah, um, the one I who, was just at Disney. Uh, because she's she she's she she's like a siren. She sings and then like turns the other um, experiments who are lower than her. So not six two five or six two six. Uh, basically into her slaves. But Stitch was, like, genuinely in love with her, so he was jealous. Um, Watch Kirby right back at you. No. I did, and for some reason, I, DVD had it. a southern accent, oh. and Meta Knight had a Spanish accent. <laughs> I'm gonna call it that there Kirby! <laughs> you gotta stop that there Kirby! <laughs> Have you ever Wait, noticed so that Kirby's kind of like the main character of the, um, of the Smash, Smash Brothers series? No, it's pretty obvious. Uh, because the guy who makes Smash Brothers also Masahiro Sakurai. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, we... uh, no, I, go he, ahead. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, he he tried. <laughs> I I loved his interview where he tried to give a narrative justification on why Kirby was the only one who survived that um, Infinity War esque event in Super, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, where everyone died except for Kirby. Oh my God. Um, in, I remember there was a version yeah. of that in like Subspace Emissary where it was because DDD mm. made pins that are magic. <laughs> yeah, with a timer, it's like, and yeah, it's great watching a bunch of cutscenes that have no spoken dialogue, so it makes no sense at all. But um, uh, but what was his explanation for Kirby? Really like, oh, because he was the only one who can like because. He went through all the characters. Oh, like Bayonetta has short, short range teleportation. Uh, the Star Fox crew has like ships, but they're not fast enough. But Kirby can travel through like 
dimensions at like light speed or something like that. So his justification was that he's the fastest. He can leave the he can leave the galaxy. He's the fastest. Faster yeah. than anyone else. Sonic ain't fast enough, yo. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Sonic is and, the fastest thing alive. Well, well, so, well, I think the reasoning is that Sonic is only attached to the ground, where Kirby can basically like magically. <laughs> I thought Sonic was like the, the Flash star, when he gets like the Chaos the Emeralds, star. he can go like faster than. Well, Sonic. also in that cutscene, Sonic's trying to save Pikachu, so he slowed down a little bit. Oh, that's true. Sonic has a heart. See, Kirby, Kirby doesn't give a <laughs> shit about anyone but himself. Yeah. Kirby's a little shit. <laughs> Kirby's a little shit. <laughs> um, I feel like we've talked a lot about like kids shows and crossovers. Uh, are there any like, I, like even adult property just in general? Chicago, Chicago Blue, <laughs> Chicago Med, and the other Chicago yes, show. They did. Oh my god, All a really famous CSIs. one I think that I, that seemed Ready to like Jason. it seemed to like get everybody's like um, everybody's like imagination going was um, the one where Kramer was on Murphy Brown, <laughs> but it was the actor like went to L.A. and filmed an episode of Murphy Brown and then they did the same thing on Community with um with uh, Abed winning a contest to be in an episode of Cougar Town and then he is right yeah that that's a weird one because it, that was a very like Community is like you know one of those very meta mm-hmm. shows right so it, it so i felt like like there was a there was like a frame where it, yeah so like episodes after that one the Abed, like, the dinner with Andre thing. There was, like, one episode that had, like, a frame of, like, the Cougar Town dudes in community. And then in Cougar Town, there was, like, this weird bit where Abed, quotation marks, is just in the background of one of the scenes. <laughs> right, but, it, yeah, it's him and it as an actor leaves, in yeah. that show. And what they were doing, to my knowledge, is they were doing the, the Kramer-Murphy-Brown thing, but just imagining like what what are the psychological ramifications of that you know to understand to to believe that you're in like a a a cinematic universe like abed sort of believes that his life is tv um and then to then go into someone else's tv show and realize that you're just playing a character yeah it it just it to me it just seemed like a nod rather than like a plan yeah so with the murphy bound kramer Mm. thing was kramer playing him was kramer playing kramer or playing another Kramer was playing kramer on and like acting in an episode of murphy brown in the background when he was acting as kramer was he like oh i gotta get back to new york and meet jerry and whatever or something well he's just in the background it's the same thing as as uh Abed. Abed. Okay. So like the whole point was that you know he was doing a sort of phys- physical shtick because it's Ab. I mean it's uh, Kramer, and most of his stuff is physical. <laughs> he doesn't need the dialogue to sort of drive home his point. Mm. Then then he starts yelling racial expletives and um, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, Murphy, Murphy Brown in the last. Speaking of the post racial expletive Kramer, then you have <laughs> um, you know Cur- Curb Your Enthusiasm, <laughs> which had you know the. You know, the creator of that show, uh, Larry David, is a, also fictionalized within his show as a different fictional version of Larry David who also created Seinfeld. Yeah. So they film an episode of Seinfeld in the world of that show. Now, there's the Kirby Enthusiasm thing, but then there's also the 30 Rock thing. Where 30 Rock... Uh, what's the 30 Rock thing? The 30 Rock thing is that 30 Rock is essentially SNL with characters from... with people... Who play characters from SNL. But there's no SNL in that universe. But then there's also real people. Where did Conan O'Brien come from? Where did Jimmy Fallon come from? You can't cross over with the real world. That's just, you can't do it. Well, but they are. 
Yeah, but they do. No, because they are in. They are still in NBC. With an episode, if you have like an episode where literally Hillary Clinton shows up for an episode, I I think like that's not a crossover. No, no, no. I I think what they're saying is like, like Conan O'Brien came from SNL, but SNL doesn't exist in this universe. But Conan O'Brien is still a real person. Like, oh, I, I see what you're saying, but they never reference SNL or say like this person is from SNL or anything like that. You just kind of assume that they have a different origin story in that universe. Okay. And so, mm-hmm. so that's a little bit separate than what we were initially talking about with the Kramer thing, but th- that made me think of the actually the most recent thing in the Captain Marvel movie. Uh, Stan Lee's cameo was him reading Mallrat, the Mallrat script, right? Which means that Stan Lee exists as Stan Lee in the MCU, yes. which means that the comics right. are then real in the MCU. Maybe. Mm. Or maybe in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, um, Stan Lee is just, like, this old guy who sells Pop-Tarts. Um, <laughs> and doesn't... You know, stuff. like, maybe he didn't write comic books. Or maybe in that universe I, he wrote yeah. the DC comic books, because I think they referenced Superman at some point. And uh, Kevin Smith is just... like He just really likes this old dude from, like, he met at the bus stop, and uh, he was like, hey, take the script. You want to have this one yeah. uh, scene? He saw and, him on uh, a Pop-Tarts yeah. commercial. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and he just says excelsior a lot for some reason i don't know i love this guy this guy's going places excelsior rest in peace yeah, yeah. uh oh man i just want to talk about power Rangers. All day long. yeah we can talk about power rangers because i feel like in yeah. japan there is sort of like this different idea to the generational crossover i think they do it a lot more than we do yeah, it, it's 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 strange because you know like the Power Rangers would take footage from the Super Sentai show mm-hmm. in Japan, and the, they they had the tradition every year they would do a crossover with the current season and the previous season, right. and that would be in the form of like an actual movie in Japan. Oh. But in the U.S., they it's just like yeah, it's just like an episode or a two part yeah. episode, and it can go one of two ways. Number one, it can go of like um. You know, I'm sorry, I'm gonna like be referencing like, oh, Lightspeed Rescue and Time mm-hmm. Force. You know, yep. they can cross over together, and it's just like it's a one-off, like 20-minute episode where like the the, the, um, the, the, the the previous characters show up and it, it, they're like kind of flanderized a little bit. It's like, hey, remember that guy liked swimming, so now he's a mm-hmm. lifeguard or something <laughs> like that. And um, it's just like it's very like they have very few lines of dialogue, but it's like, hey, they're there, and then they. They do a thing at the end where they they're like they trade uniforms and it's like a photo op thing. It's like wow, that's kind of lame, <laughs> but that's fun. Flash forward to the year after that. So <laughs> I'm not gonna try to explain the entire plot of this crossover, but Wild Force, which is a season that I very much hate because it's very cheesy and stupid, and Time Force, which is my first Power Rangers, they teamed up, but their Japanese counterparts never had a crossover in Japan because. How are you going to explain time travel like or something like that? They did it anyway in the U.S. version. And the reason why I love this crossover is because it also feels like a full episode of the previous season. Interesting. It kind of feels like it's continuing off rather than like being a real weird mm-hmm. novelty, which actually two shows kind of merging into yeah. one. And that's kind of like what I like about, you know, like I... I I, I was doing this Kingdom Hearts podcast project, and I was saying that, like, the things I liked from Kingdom Hearts 3 are when it feels like a continuation of the Disney movie that it's based on, rather than, like, oh, 
<laughs> you're in Frozen. <laughs> you're in <laughs> Frozen anime now. Boy. Frozen is happening. Yeah, so like, like the Big Hero 6 world, I'm not sure if you're there yet, Anthony, but it feels more like Big Hero 6 2 than like some weird like recap, you know? So I always like... Yeah, so like crossovers where it feels like it's really like part of both worlds rather than... Well, here's the thing. Like, even in the beginning, that wasn't true. Like, I was watching uh, Frankenstein meets Wolfman. It's basically another... (laughs) It's basically a Wolfman sequel. um, And then Frankenstein just shows up, like, halfway through because they're going to, like, find the notes of Dr. Frankenstein because Wolfman wants to die. So he needs, like... He needs, like, mad science to be able to die. (laughs) Um, he, wants to Yo, he needs mad people. science. He needs, he needs some like some whack science. <laughs> yeah, he needs some some faux shizzle whack science. Yeah. Excuse me, it's not Frankenstein. I love that meme. It's such a good. It's... Frankenstein's a monster. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, sorry, the Wolfman's monster. Yeah, but it's called right, Frankenstein me... meets Wolfman. So you're wrong, <laughs> actually. Uh, talk to me about Godzilla versus King Kong. Yeah. Whether it's the original or the upcoming <laughs> new movie right. that they're really making. Well, is that a crossover though? Because those were I thought those were Godzilla characters. Is that right? Okay. Yeah, I but the the, the kaiju movies in in Japan they crossed over way before they crossed over with King Kong. So King Kong was sort of like a you know crossing the crossing the seas kind of you know joint project. But um, you know Japan had been doing Mothra versus Godzilla for like a while. I mean, like, to bring up your point uh, earlier with, like, Japan doing crossovers more, I think it's, again, it's, like, they're very good at that corporate marketing stuff, you know? Like, they right. they milk every cent out of a piece of property, and whether that's crossing over right. or not, you know, like, they're on it. I would be, yeah, I would be remiss if, if we left the Power Rangers conversation without mentioning my season that I grew up with, which was Dino Thunder. Ooh, that's a good one. Wherein the leader of the group, um, the the Black Ranger, played by Jason David Frank, was... uh, Related, yeah. Obviously related to both of you. Yeah, obviously Um, related to me because he shares two-thirds of my name. Um, (laughs) And uh, and he's what comes up when I Google my name. (laughs) And, like, you know, he turned out to be the same character. He was introduced just as, like, a new character... But then it's revealed, like, in an episode where they recap every single season of Power Rangers up to that point. <laughs> they find a VHS tape and they just watch the previous seasons of Power Rangers. Which is, that's a real episode. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, um, that's pretty nuts. And, like, the idea that you can just, like, wait long enough and everyone who's watching the show will just forget that this character is from a previous show. And then you, it can be a twist. <laughs> that's pretty yeah. wild. Oh, the best episode of that season was when Tommy's in a coma and he has to fight his previous selves in his dream. God, that's good. Great. And he fights the Green Ranger last because obviously it's the Green Ranger. That's the main one. Yeah, he's 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 the one. It's the know? original. Yeah. yeah. Are you talking about the Westfall universe? Tommy Westfall universe? The Tommy Westfall universe is the idea that um, because St. Elsewhere exists within the mind of a a boy named Tommy Westfall, um, as revealed in the series finale, he's like this um, uh, autism spectrum kid uh, who... Who you know imagines Imagine the entire the world show. of Saint Elsewhere? Was that the shot with the kid with yeah. the snow globe? Yeah, it's the snow globe. Basically, you right. zoom out of the snow globe, and it turns out it was all in the mind of this kid. But um, that show crossed and... over, 
And all right. those shows also had crossovers. To many other shows. And, like, the this one stretches as far as the world can see. And you can look up fan sites, just Google Tommy Westfall Universe, and you'll find mm. basically, like, almost every show that's ever existed has some kind of crossover somewhere, even if it's just a throwaway joke. And the question is, do we include these, like, throwaway jokes as, or, or like, yeah, in-references right, right. as crossovers? For example, the TV show the, Oz the crosses Oz. over with, with the Westfall Universe because there's a, a, a medical company that exists in both um that like comes in and privatizes medicine in the oz prison and also privatizes the hospital saint elsewhere Mm -hmm. and they have the same name it's like the weinberg i mean does that mean that johnny bravo and batman and robin are in the same universe because they both cross over scooby-doo i mean yeah and then there's like weird in jokes like the archer bob's burgers thing like does that count as a (laughs) crossover yeah that is a fucking wild like it is a joke but is it a legit crossover mm-hmm. where it turns out that Bob from Bob's Burgers was really a spy with uh, amnesia the whole time? Because that's not canonical no, to it's Bob's not. Burgers, is it? Mm. I guess the thing that we're establishing is that the reason that we think about crossovers differently than other stories is that we do think of things like canon and whether this is canon to other storytelling. And because of that, I guess intellectual property helps with that a little bit if that's something you care about, which I don't. <laughs> Yeah. Right. I don't care about that or anything to do with that or the fact Which that one? Star Wars <laughs> non canonically crossed over with Star Trek at one point. You know, I don't care about that either. I believe there was an old um, uh, Indiana Jones comic where Indy uh, discovered the remains of Han Solo and Chewbacca. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> That's dark. <laughs> And then, and then it, it turns out that they were Nazis. <laughs> uh, I feel like we Simpsons. we've got to talk about the Simpsons Family Guy crossover. Right, that was one of the like actual substantive ones where they were doing it on purpose for a thematic reason. Okay. But the the Griffins meet the Sweatsons. Let's let's talk um, let's talk Griffins. <laughs> Familial man meets um, the Simpsonian. Um, and, uh, yeah, basically every joke is about how the shows are derivative of one another. Um, and Except you guys are yellow and we're not. Right. And one show came first. <laughs> Which show like, came first? Them, Good question. Yeah. The Simpsons came first, yeah. It, it, it was just, because it was a Family Guy-ass Family Guy episode, right? It was just... I did not like. I I saw uh, it's excerpts so of that episode of The Simpsons Guy. I believe is what it's it was, the least the funny part called. of both shows. Um, absolutely. It's yeah. Com- There's they do like a chicken fight between. They do the chicken fight, but it's, it's with Griffin Homer and yeah. Homer Simpson. It's so long. Yeah, well, there are they all are. That's the well, gag. That's the, that's the joke. Well, it's the a chicken fight was story, always, but not the funny. chicken fight was always the gag. Is long. it's so yeah. long? But then I liked sort of the resolution, which was they go to court. And it's literally Fred Flintstone there being like, listen, everything's derivative of something else. It's kind of the same thing as, like, the Simpsons did it resolution in South Park, you know. Yeah, sure, the Simpsons did it, but we can do it differently. And, you know, mm-hmm. our, our different writing styles yeah, sure. sort of lend themselves to different stories. 
They also did the part when in, when they were fighting in the nuclear plant and they fall in the nuclear gunk and then they accidentally switch appearances. So like um, Peter Griffin was Simpsons style mm-hmm. and there's uh, a whole separate trope Robert, for this yeah. about switching animation styles, which is used Jimmy, extensively Jimmy in Jimmy Jimmy, Jimmy. Jimmy Timmy Power Hour, which I watched every single one. I brought all, all my three of them. Yeah. Yeah. I I VHS recorded it. Uh, and then I lost those VHS tapes because of time, but I wow. did record them as I did record a bunch of other Disney and Nickelodeon shows. Uh, I like the implication uh, of the VHS third things. one because they kind of like imply that Jimmy and Timmy are hanging out all the time, like yes. off screen. Yeah. Like, oh, let me go hang out with Timmy. They're just like friends now. Yeah. And then they fight. And they just, like, battle monsters together, and then they run out of monsters to battle, so they're just like, eh, let's just make one. And then they do, because they're just like, we're just bored. And I love that, the balls on that, to just be like, you know... <laughs> yeah, we don't have a story for this one. What if they just make up a story and then it goes bad? Yeah, I mean, it was another one of those, like, neutral grounds um, specials, because... yeah. Um, they, 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 like, in the, I, I, I remember the first one the best, like, the most, because, um, it was them switching, it was just the two characters switching, whereas, like, in the later ones, like, multiple characters would Yeah, and places, I think that the but, writers wrote um, their own universe. Wait a minute. So the, yeah, the so, like, so, Jimmy yeah, universe so they have to save each other. be written yeah. by the Jimmy writers, right. and the Timmy universe sections would be written by the Timmy writers. Yeah. And uh, science versus magic is an interesting yeah. thematic thing. Another random, show, another you know? random so that works for me. is... Rugrats All Grown Up, a spinoff, a spinoff of an imagination sequence in the show Rugrats. Have we set the term backdoor pilot in this episode? I don't think we we haven't yet, but you're absolutely right. A lot of these are backdoor pilots. Like the Rugrats thing, right? What else is a backdoor pilot that I've missed? A lot of CSI shows were like, they introduce a new character for the purpose of making them into uh, their own show. Same well, not, not, maybe not I think CS, a like backdoor pilot. Well, like no. Those... But, um, the, oh, the Flash in Arrow. That was a backdoor pilot. Wait. Sure. Because yes, he showed was. up before. But then yeah. later, but then later they have, like, crossovers. Yeah. You know? And they would do the thing where it's like, because all four of those shows would air consectively Monday to Thursday, the crossover yes. would be split between It'd be all. Crossover yeah, week. it would be. It, it's yeah. a mess. <laughs> But yeah, it, it, it's yeah. a cool thing. Better than the yeah, Defenders. Let, let, let's finish the Simpsons thing, and then yeah. we'll get into the the more like the more modern day. What is there to say about the Did Simpsons? Did you have something else? No, to say I thought you guys had something else to say. My bad. No, not. Me. I was just saying, like you know, Fred Flintstone no. shows up, and he's like, "Listen, we're all just derivative of the Honeymooners." Um, you know, like family sitcoms are inherently derivative because they're just based on this myth of like the nuclear family, and the joke Except is always just like. Yeah, husbands are stupid. Wives are. Wives Seth MacFarlane always has to have a fat kid in his shows. Yeah, he always has to have a yeah. fat boy. He made Cleveland Jr. gain weight just so he can make fat jokes. I thought he was always fat. Ugh. No, he was no, not. He was not. Yeah. <laughs> Man, he was not. <laughs> well. God, that was the first time I've watched Family Guy in like so many years, and it just felt like. You know, like for all the people who like stop eating sugar or whatever, and then like go back to it and are like, "Ugh, what is this?" It felt like that. Well, why did the Cleveland show exist? Know. I don't because know. they wanted to. They wanted to have they... another property under their belt. I mean, you always got to be pitching. Always be pitching. A B P, A B P, Abu Pond. Well, they, it was interesting. 
one last one. Last... <laughs> nope. <laughs> um, the like, there's one fast scene in the Simpsons uh, Family Guy thing where they're in like an airplane or whatever, and like Bob's from Bob's Burgers is like in the back seat, and they're like, "Oh, we gotta carry this guy because the Cleveland show failed, and we didn't carry that." Ha ha ha. And it's just like. I don't know. It felt so strange and out of place. But Fox place does to, like, that stuff all the time. Like, the Simpsons would always, like, make fun of Fox um, and, like, Fox News and how it's, like, bad. Like, yeah. their whole brand is is designed around them self-referentially um, being mm-hmm. self-deprecating. So the thing with um, Family Guy and the Cleveland Show is because they also did an American Dad thing. They had... Yes. And I, I don't know what this category will be called, but there was one pseudo crossover event where the same thing was happening to all three shows it was a hurricane right that linked all the shows together and each episode was like what does this cast of characters do during that hurricane they did a, they did the same thing on nbc mm. with a, a power outage where it's seinfeld <laughs> and like a bunch of other shows they have mad about you oh no 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 that's based off of the real <laughs> new york power outage Right, but that's why they did episodes about it. But, like, they did it all in one week. You know, one crazy night of stars. Yeah, that's the category that I'm looking for, I guess. I think that's... Yeah, no, yeah. It's, those are called, you yeah. know, like, special event crossovers. CSI did um, that. You know, yeah, it was all one giant case. And Lawrence Fishburne's character was in every episode. Really? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> that's funny. That's why I'm so mad at the Marvel shows, because... Um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. does it pretty well because it's, like, real-time, where it's, like, it's a weekly show, but when you have, like, Netflix shows that are, like, all at once, you can't really do that same kind of time. Like, I want to see, like, hey, what do all the shows do when the snap happens in Infinity War? (laughs) That'd be amazing. I mean, I agree, Because the comics do that! The comics have tie-in issues, and it's, like, if they want... Because the Marvel, the MCU is literally about replicating the crossover nature of comics. So the fact that like they can't mm-hmm. coordinate this, whether it's because of bureaucracy or politics or timing, it's just so frustrating to me as an MCU fan. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's why winter soldier, winter, the winter soldier agent of seal thing, because you know, AOS would be on a Tuesday and then you would watch, um, winter soldier on a Friday. So on that episode before winter soldier, it ended on this crazy yeah, cliffhanger. That was great. Then you watch Winter Soldier to contextualize that cliffhanger, and then you see how the movie affects the show that following Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And I've never seen anyone do that before, and that's really cool. It was. I remember watching that. It was super <laughs> exciting. I was like, "Yes, this feels like the whole purpose coming right. together." Yeah. Like, in yeah, this and moment. like the, the cool thing was that, like, at, at the end of that episode, the the, the pre Winter Soldier one, you see like Melinda May doing shady things. So I was walking out of the theater on Friday. Um, and I heard someone, some rando say, wait, does that be Melinda May's Hydra? And like, it's like, oh, it, it's working. <laughs> like, it's uh, really cool. Yes. Um, so shame on you, Marvel Television and Studios. <laughs> for not really? I continuously better. blame Jeff um, Loeb, but that's it. Whatever. Other whatever. types of crossovers are, there was apparently a writer switch for CSI and Two and a Half Men. Wherein yep. the mm-hmm. writers for Two and a Half Men oh, wrote an yeah. episode of CSI, and the writers <laughs> of CSI wrote an episode of Two and a Half Men. Yeah. So fucking yeah. bizarre. Yeah. Um, there's also, you know, of course, just, like, episodes that are completely played for laughs and, like, not canonical, just because, like, the creators are friends with each other. Like, the Steven Universe Uncle Grandpa crossover. 
Sure. Like I they're really just, wish they're that, just friends um, with each other. They just liked each other, so they made it. Yeah, they, they had um, the the, the, the um, DB Weiss and David Benioff of Game of Thrones fame. They are big fans of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and they of they course. wrote uh, the Flowers for Charlie episode of It's Always Sunny. Interesting. Uh, and I will. Oh, I'm, I'm kind of mad that like they did not let um, <laughs> the It's Always Sunny writers not write a Game of Thrones episode. Yeah, but they did have some cross pollination. I mean, that's the thing. It's, like, have, it's um, always sunny. They always like allow people to write one off episodes if they want. It's kind of like yeah, Doctor Who in yeah. that way. Yeah, Doctor so, Who so also like, has um, the generational crossovers because they have the multi Doctor yeah. episodes. Yeah, Simpsons too. Simpsons also have like I think like um, you know like Ricky Gervais guest wrote, wrote an episode. Uh, Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg did. Um, uh, it, uh, Game of Thrones did get an, a director who is prominent in, for making It's Always Sunny episodes, and he did the episode where the dragon attacks the Lannisters in that hmm. last season, and it's like, how the, how is that the same dude? The guy who wrote like, what? Directors love, directors love making TV. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he also, he, he's done comedy and drama, so, like, he's also done Fargo, so it's like, that's, this dude's got, like, Yeah, it seems like, something I've noticed just about, this is, like, a total tangent, but I, I feel like mm-hmm. there aren't really comedic, um, like, directors for TV versus dramatic directors, like, the Russo brothers can do community and then can go on to do, um, Community and Arrested you know, Development, Cinematic Universe. Community and Arrested Marvel. Development, and also You, Me, and Dupree. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and then also Winter Soldier, which is you know feels yeah. like an outlier, but I guess you know there's just no. Oh, such we, thing we, for we have our reasons for that, but that's that's for our podcast. But anyway, I th- there was, um, who's, who's the guy? Who's the guy who directs yeah. like all the Seinfeld episodes? Like, uh, like, uh, Newman. What <laughs> Newman? Newman. <laughs> you know the director. Oh, direct. Yeah, like, like, I thought like, you said Rex. Randy Ackerman is the like the guy who directed most of the episodes, and he's just. Known I thought you for... said Rex, Chris. Okay, what else? Like, um... like destroys all the episodes, and it's Newman. Everyone hates Newman. D- sure. Well, um, yeah, I think but... we we do got to talk about sort of the you know because a lot of these crossovers tend to live in sort of the either direct video or very niche like zones where people don't really care as much. Like about... House of Mouse. No one gives a shit. No, no, I mean, where people don't really care as much about, like, preserving some idea of, like, seriousness. So there's, like, Alien versus Predator, where people are really just there for the action. Or Freddy versus Jason, where it's, like, really people are there for the horror elements. And they don't really care about, like, plot consistencies or, you know, stuff like that. Oh, do you remember when there was a show called The Critic? Yes. And it crossed over with The Simpsons, yeah. and Matt Groening was not happy, and he took his name off that episode. Really? I didn't know that. I, I, I always remember mm. liking that episode. Matt Groening did not like that episode. <laughs> well, I just thought it was funny. Like, all the characters in the town get to make their own little short films, and so, like, Barney makes this, like, deep, like, you know, um, self-documentary about his addiction. Um, and then... Uh, <laughs> Mole Man makes a video of him getting hit by the in the groin by a football, <laughs> and uh, yeah. and Homer like tries to vote for it. I always thought that was a good episode. I don't know. Why I think I it was like the it. principle of things of like, oh, I don't want our show to be an advertisement for another show. I guess that yeah, that's fair. Mm. That's the thing. It's like corporate mandates. They yeah. suck. But if it was if it was organic, like that would be probably you know one of the better episodes of that season. Yeah. 
All right, let's get to the real, the nitty gritty stuff. Let's get to the, let's get to the the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the DC, the the worlds of DC, and uh, the Dark Universe, because I think those three are really interesting sure. things to tackle. I don't think it's actually called Worlds of DC. It is called Worlds so of I think DC. Like, it is, yeah, it's not well, called DC. Where you go with this well, one is just that like there's no joy in the DC Cinematic Universe, but there is joy in individual <laughs> DC movies. There's lots of joy in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, so it feels natural. Like, the people creating it, they are excited by the narrative possibilities of a shared universe, whereas people making the DC movies are like, we gotta make it in the same universe, it's required. Yeah, so like, uh, like a lot of people would criticize, you know, the most ambitious crossover ever of Infinity War because, like, <laughs> oh, they're just bringing Guardians in for no reason. It's like, Guardians made a shit ton of money. They're not promoting the Guardians' property. There, this is a narrative reason yeah. to do this. Well, yeah, I mean, you you have to like justify the, you know, the existence of these characters in the story, and I think they do a pretty good job of that by you know having Thor. He's in space. He meets up with them, yeah. and then you know his motivation mm-hmm. is revenge, and also Gamora's there for. And revenge, I mean, the Guardians, more or less. yeah, and the quality of Infinity War. Right. We can argue. You can listen to our hot takes episode, but you know. Like that's that's neither here nor there. We're talking about the crossover aspects of it. But then when you get into DC and they're playing catch up, the problem with yeah. you know Dawn of Justice and Justice League is that okay, yes, we know Batman and Aquaman, but like we do not know these versions of the characters. So Wait, do you, you necessarily know, of- need to like when we were first introduced to Thor, or like when we're first <sighs> introduced to Hawkeye in Thor, like. You don't care. It's he's just like you don't need a Hawkeye movie, but you know when when you, but when they like when when you get to Justice League and they all, like in the like in the narrative they all have to have, they all have a very distinct reason for being there because they all represent different uh, worlds of DC, and that's the thing I really like about the DC universe. Maybe not the DC films, but they have very distinct worlds and factions that all are like they're basically their own universes. So you have like Atlantis, you have, mm-hmm. you know, the Amazonian women, you have Krypton, Gotham City. Um, whereas in Justice League, it's it's it just doesn't register to me because I they they want them to be they want these uh characters to be um very distinct, and I just can't get a grasp on them because I, I, I still don't know who Ben Affleck's Batman is, except that he likes murdering people. Well, the thing is, like all of the all <laughs> of the stories that I grew up on involving DC, they they that and involve that shared universe, all those characters already have a ton of history behind them, but it's pretty much the standard story that you you already know, and they don't they don't play too much with it. So like. Yeah. So like when you right. do Static Shock and you bring in Batman, well, who is he, who is this version of Batman? It's the Batman version of Batman. He's basically well, but, but, no also, different from Static Shock. It, it is the Batman, the animated series Batman. Right. Well, he is that. But I mean, in yeah. addition, like if I had never seen the Batman the animated series version, which I hadn't when I first saw that Static Shock episode, sure, sure. like I just recognize this as a quintessential Batman. Whereas the Batman I of Batman the... v Superman what? is a very specific Snydery version of him. Like, if they had just gone for a more generic, you know, Batman Batman that we would recognize as being Batman, as opposed to this dark, brooding, branding... Then we had more room for other characters. I actually argue against that, David. I actually argue that 
the Batman that we see is neither a Batman that we would want. Like, if the Batman that you see in, like, Batman Arkham City, the video game, is very different than Batman the Animated Series and is also very different than the Batman in the comics. And but I, you know what motivates each of them, and there's not a lot of backstory that you need, whereas apparently the Batman in the Batman v Superman film is motivated not by revenge for his parents' death as much as Robin's death by the Joker. We have no idea what that story was, and there's you know just brief references to it. We don't know like any of this extra stuff that Zack Snyder wants to do later. Yeah, and I think that you know? has to do with how... like. Because you, you said, like, oh, why don't they just make him a Batman? Well, like, every Batman is different, so you can't really make him a Batman. The only way to but do... But you th- know who Batman is, yes. you know? He's he's a he's a dark, slightly aloof, but still, you know, mostly, you know, genuinely pretty lighthearted in at least, like, able to joke with Alfred or, yeah. you know, whatever. He's got gadgets. He's a rich kid. Um He's more of a detective and less, you know, he doesn't, like, kill people. He doesn't use guns that much. You know, all these things that we associate with Batman, as opposed to, like, I really want to do my own take on Batman. Well, like, here's the you thing. you just can't. You don't he, have time. He can do his own take on Batman. I think the problem is, is how they planned it out to begin with. And I think the difference, like, that we're having is that, oh, they could have made Batman v Superman better by changing Batman in Batman v Superman. But the problem I have with Batman v Superman is that there was no setup to begin with. Like to say, this is what Batman is in the worlds of DC, the the, the cinematic universe. I don't know what you mean, because they did have his whole origin story as the very first scene of the movie. But like, the origin scene is very different than who Batman is. because That's what in, I'm saying. In all... I'm saying it should have been more standard. Well, like, the, the thing is, is that all the, all the, all the Batmans that I've referenced... Like, the, the video game Batman, it's the same thing with Peter Parker. It's, uh, you know, bit by spider, you know, you know uh, all, with great power comes great responsibility. But each Spider-Man has a different feel to it. Your amazing Spider-Man is different than your Sam Raimi Spider-Man. And your Tom Holland Spider-Man is different than those other three. And it's all different than the Marvel Spider-Man, the video game Spider-Man. Well, the- I agree with you, but this is entirely my point. There's nothing super unique about uh, Marvel Spider-Man, which is why you can just sort of slot him in without really any setup into Civil War, and it just makes sense. You don't need to tell his origin story because we just assume that it's the one from the comics. You don't need to tell us about his motivations because we assume it's the one from the comics. I'm going to sidestep here a little bit. Do it. (laughs) Because I think that... um, I think my problem with Justice League is that it doesn't feel like a crossover, you know? It feels like... Imagine if there was a version of if, if Infinity War that just had the Guardians as new characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, granted, mm-hmm. Infinity War was, it was a larger movie. Um, so maybe it would be like, hey, what if, um, you know, what if they made Joss Whedon's first Avengers, but Thor and Captain America were new characters, and Iron Man was, like, the only pre-established one, for example. Ooh, that would suck. Um, Ooh, that would suck right. a lot. Probably, but but the thing the thing that that just kind of ruins Batman v Superman for me was that the existence of Batman and all the implied history just did not match with what I felt watching Man of Steel because um, you know Man of Steel they had like ideas of doing a shared universe but it wasn't really set in stone yet. Right. 
So the idea that like because Man of Steel made me feel like Superman was the first superhero, but then you got Ben, you got Batfleck here who's been doing it for decades without us knowing about right, it. Right, but he didn't Not have superpowers. Mat- that was like the Metropolis and and <laughs> Gotham are right across from each other. First of all, right, but the point of um, Superman so wasn't that he was the first hero, but that he was the first alien, the first superhuman. Sure, yeah, that's fair. The first alien um, superpowered individual. And that he like serves like a god. I don't know. I just think we're not applying our our metrics evenly because like Spider Man is what you're talking about of Infinity War, but there's just a new character introduced. He was introduced in the uh, Civil, Civil War. War and, Civil War and has Spider Man and Black people. Panther. Um, but and it, and that's a tough one because like when T'Challa's father dies in, in um Civil War in literally his like first or second scene in the movie, you're like, wait, why do I give a crap about this? Because um, he's his papa. At, yeah, he is his papa, yeah. So at the same time, like, you know, that enhances your viewing of Black Panther. That enhances your viewing of Homecoming. Uh, likewise, like, you know, maybe Dawn of Justice sucked, but like, hey, there was a cool lady in Dawn of Justice. Let's see what this Wonder Woman solo movie is like. And like, it was, you know, it worked for the most part. So... Yeah. It, it's, and like, it's, it's, whereas it's just, I hated Aquaman in Justice League, I really liked <laughs> yeah, the Aquaman right. movie. I agree. Sure. I thought that the Aquaman and movie it's, it's was dumb and because, ridiculous. Because, because when you start off with um, with Zack Snyder making Justice League the team up movie, that kind of gives the future filmmakers less room to make their own takes. I feel. Right. Whereas when you when you had like um, you know the the post credit scene of Civil War, or sorry, the mid credit scene in Civil War. Where um, Cap and Bucky are in Wakanda, they actually brought in like Ryan Coogler in for like to help develop that scene. Um, it's just it's 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 just a, like the thing with DC is that I see more when I when I look at the DC lineup, I just see cynicism, capitalism, like. They are doing synergy. Yeah, like they are doing this to catch up with Marvel. There's no like creative reason why. Batman v Superman is the second movie of this universe, you know? Well, they're also not doing anything... Like, at this point, we've seen crossover movies from superheroes Mm -hmm. before. Like, we get it. They're not doing anything interesting with that. They're just sort of making, like, superhero movies. And Marvel has very quickly learned we can't just keep churning out more movies that are, like it's the same superhero plot as everyone else. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like some are spy thrillers and some are space odysseys and some are like rom-coms practically. Um, you know, like they have that genre variety and I just feel like the DC universe lacks it almost. Well, here's the thing. They figured I, it would, out I would just to like bounce <laughs> off of that. And I think that's a really good point. I, what I think that people aren't doing in these DC movies is they're not recognizing that, the existence of a Superman in a Batman world has like severe like implications for both of those characters. It should radically change how those characters right. view themselves totally. and each yeah. other. Um, like when I think about, you know, you were saying earlier, like Jimmy Jimmy Power Hour, stupid concept, but ultimately at the core of it is like magic versus science and, mm-hmm. you know, idealism yeah. versus practicalism. And like that's at the center of those specials and because of that they kind of work on like a mythic level in a way that like batman v superman doesn't because they haven't really properly established the differences between these characters yeah like the dichotomy just I, I don't know what that is yet but uh and it's, it's frustrating dark because versus hope 
I don't know yeah. what that means. Murder versus other methods of murder. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Man of Steel is already, like, this is not crossover-related. It's just already a frustrating movie to me inherently because I love the concept of it being a first contact movie, and they don't do anything with that concept. Nope. Right. And it feels like the entire universe starts with, like, just an already, like, bungling of <laughs> yeah. the very premise. See, I read it as, like, a with. Moses movie, and then they didn't do anything with the biblical stuff other than, like, Superman is, like, Jesus because he's, like, God because he's got strength. And then Dawn of Justice also made Batman Jesus. Yep. There's literally, like, the the, the, the bats lift him up, and he's, like, in a Jesus pose, and, like, when oh, he was a kid, boy. and it's like, why? It's okay, so it's Jesus versus Jesus. Yep. But also there are gods <laughs> above, but there are also gods below. So there, there's just gods, and there's also two Jesuses. What? Make up your mind. Stop saying Jesus and God, Jesse Eisenberg. <laughs> <laughs> we get it. He was Lex Luthor. <laughs> um, I think we should probably wrap it up pretty soon. Um, I think what we should all say a crossover Oof. that we want to see happen in the future um, and what we want for sort of the future of this trope of crossovers. Oh, man. So you can pick something that, you know, is possible or something that's, like, totally impossible given the current intellectual property laws. Uh, my Well, my joke is a real Digimon in Garfield. Uh, Absolutely. Crossover. Totally for it. But um, I'm only saying this because I'm going through an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. rewatch, but I'm always <laughs> so mad when... Um, the TV shows themselves in the MCU do not cross over. Yeah. It's, it's just such a, you know, it, 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 <laughs> there's so much. It should be so easy. Yeah. It should there's be There's crazy so shit, easy. like, the, you know, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., they go all around the world. Hey, there's some crazy shit happening in New York City all the time. Why don't they investigate? Why there was a bulletproof man in Harlem, for example. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's. It's something that I've accepted will never happen because of logistics and uh, corporate politics. So I also have a real one. So yeah, I want to hear your real one. Uh, Seinfeld and it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Why? That doesn't work at all. That's too awful. Why? I, because I feel like it would just be so dumb, but I would love it. They have such different okay. senses of humor. Right. And there was that episode where they do flashbacks and they think that they're in a Seinfeld episode. Yes. Yeah. 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 Actually, you're right. Yeah, yeah you're right. Mm. All right. Toss Millennium in there. Toss the canceled one season Millennium show in there. <laughs> Millennium. Oh, no. Um, oh, my no. God. Why do you do this? All right, Hannah, you got one? Uh, no. Like, uh, I don't love crossovers. Like, unless it's already a shared universe. Like, I guess I would just agree with Chris and be like, please do this. Make this happen. Like, Cloak and Dagger showing up in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Sure, yeah, that's, right, that's or easy. Like, <laughs> or like, I don't know. Is is Inhumans part of the MCU? Yes. Okay, so, like, I don't even understand how that is not a crossover with Agents mm-hmm. of S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, it just, like, I don't understand how that's possible. You know, it's it's just, I don't get it. Um, other than that, uh, my joke one would be The Adventure Zone with Garfield. God, that's good. <laughs> oh, that would be good. Uh, the Adventure Zone crosses over with Critical Role. I mean, a lot of people want that. I personally am ambivalent. Okay. But... You know, <laughs> yeah. 
be, because Disney owns so many properties, I think Disney is just a treasure trove for these. So I think we should do That's So Sweet Life of Captain America. Um, <laughs> sure. And Darth Vader I mean, they, they did that. Phineas and Ferb because the, when, when Disney bought Yeah, but that's Marvel, a cartoon. I want, I want literally yeah. Raven Simone oh, you, to meet Cole Spr- you know, Cole and Steve Dylan Sprouts to hang out with Steve Rogers. I want... I want there to be an episode. I can cross over with Riverdale yeah. too. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I want Hannah Montana hanging oh, out. Oh, oh. I want Riverdale, Riverdale, and the live-action Sonic the Hedgehog movie because <laughs> they're both owned by Archie yes. Comics. Hmm. hmm. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Uh, Hannah Montana crosses over with Star Pokemon Wars. Pokemon Digimon crossover. Okay, no, that that one I Ooh. actually want. Uh, that one is so important to me. That, that, that yeah, I, yeah, it needs you know, to happen. Yes. 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 Wait, is, yeah. is, the, is the common trope of most of these crossovers, like, mainly, like, shows where there is combat, is that they fight and then they team yeah. up? Yeah. Right, fight and then team <laughs> up. Yeah, yeah, that's a big yeah. one. Yes. Uh, or see, or uh, they're solving mysteries sure. together, you know, like uh, X-Files uh, and Cops. Um, which is a like wild, CSI. which is a wild crossover. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but, like, Raymond Simone helps uh, Captain America, you know, save the day or something. I don't know. She sees a vision of the future and needs to tell Captain exactly. America. Exactly. Like, she like, is an X-Man. That's clearly. why it works so well. Yeah. 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 That's it. That's so Raven. Yeah. Wasn't Civil War Two the <laughs> comic? Wasn't that uh, started off by an inhuman who can see the future? Yeah. <laughs> Probably. And then um, Tony Stark and Carol Danvers got a fight over that inhuman. So there you go. Civil War II. Um, <laughs> um, I think we should do another love... drug PSA like um, we had for Cartoon All-Stars to the Rescue back in the 80s. Where you had like Winnie the yeah, Pooh and uh, Baby Kermit the Frog. Winners don't do drugs. Yeah. <laughs> An Adult Swim crossover. They huh. do those all the time. Just like all yeah. the Adult Swim but like, like they do like the Fox Box type of crossover. You have to type in this number <laughs> in the, the bring back our Fox Box. <laughs> the fight for the Fox Box. Okay, I'm sure this has to exist, but like all the like classic shonen anime, just like fight off. Like, there's got to be one of that, right? Well, there is jump, uh, sh- uh, jump force. Yeah. Okay, is that what happens in that? Which is a ga- which is a game. Great. Which is a game with Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh, Shonen, uh, uh, Naruto, with, uh, dra- Bleach, Naruto, Dragon Ball, Dragon yeah. Ball Z, and that, that is already They're like a, that's already jumping off of Jump Superstars, I believe, which is right. also a fighting. Like, it was a two D fighting game. I but, really uh, want I think, because I like great. the ones where the same creator is involved. I want um, Kimmy Schmidt and Thirty Rock do like a Thirty Rock mm-hmm. reunion with Kimmy Schmidt. Jenna Maroney meets uh, Jacqueline White and. Parks and Rec crosses over. No, with, no, 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 no. Uh, the Office. No, we got to see the Good Office? Place and Brooklyn Nine Nine. Now they're in the same network. Yes. How are they in the same universe? Yes. Oh, same network. Well, no, same they're the same network, network but now. Same, uh, you know, Michael Sure is behind both of those. That's yeah. true. And, uh, there, there was a. I don't know. I mean, I think there have been Easter eggs hinting that um, those two and Parks and Rec are in the same universe. Like, like literally, like, mm. like props. New Girl and Brooklyn they Nine-Nine did, are in the same they universe. Did cross yes, over. But they it are. happens in either. <laughs> so it's, like, almost <laughs> irrelevant. No. <laughs> That's, that is, like, one thing that we didn't really touch on. Like, some of these are the most irrelevant crossovers <laughs> ever. Like, it's, like, a crossover for a premise, but, like, other than that, not at all. Yeah, I think I think just all the fan fiction that we like, I think 
they exist for a reason. And it's because something about the themes in different mediums resonate with us and the differences between them resonate with us. Like, yeah. Digimon and Pokemon make sense to me because they're both monster-collecting type things, mm-hmm. but they have very different relationships. To that. Which right. is, I think, what, what Chris was saying earlier about the one DC Marvel Yeah, JLA um, Avengers. Crosser. Yeah. Like, the fact that they're crossing over, but they're doing it for, like, thematic purpose. Or they're at least using thematic yeah. Yeah. differences yeah. to, like, tell liked, an interesting story. Yeah, I liked in Wreck-It Ralph when we had all the princesses together, like, working together and using different abilities that they have. It almost made me want to see, like, just a Disney princess. And movie. they were saying out yeah. loud, like, the, the tropes of being a Disney princess, which I thought was a, a good right. bit. Uh, yeah, there's something about, like, that metafictional... Let's recognize the types of stories that we want to tell. Yeah, but you know, um, at the well. core, at the core, like when you talk about Full House and Family Matters, it's like it, the, the concept is just, hey, how would how would Uncle Jesse react to Urkel's antics, or like, and like right. Marvel versus DC is just like, what if, well, what what if um Wolverine and Lobo fought oh. each other or something like With that? The dis- um, yeah, Hulk, <laughs> Superman versus Hulk. That's that's literally the the concept, you know. Um, there's also the villains' kids. Oh, yeah. Oh, we didn't talk about the Descendants. What's wrong yeah, with us? I'm kind of upset about that. What What if... Is there anything, like, legitimately blocking there from being, like, a uh, a Twilight, Harry Potter crossover cinematic uh, universe? People probably uh, don't want that, though. Movie, definitely movie that? studios. I don't know. Yeah. Right, like, is there anything, like, stopping that other than just, like, intellectual property? Just, just um, I mean, corporate no. studio. Uh, I want I'm that. sure there's some people. Like, there. I'm sure there's tons of Harry Potter Twilight crossover fan fiction. Yeah, I people want People want it enough to actually write about it, so... Yeah, uh, but I but I think that's fine. I think some things are fine to be left to fan fiction and not see. A okay, but Garfield <laughs> and Digimon though. Yeah, I'm in it. We're in it to win. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming along on this wild ride of crossovers. Um, if you guys want to continue all the crossover fun, you should head over and find AP Marvel anywhere that is found. Um, where can our our listeners find you guys across the internet? Uh, YouTube, I go first. Uh, Spotify, at Compenderizer on Twitter, uh, and you can find AP Marvel on Twitter at AP Marvel. You can also find us on Facebook. Um, I think we also have a uh, yeah, YouTube. I think I think we also have a Tumblr, which is literally just like reposts of the tweets that we put out. But no uses Tumblr anymore. <laughs> uh, Anthony, yeah. Uh, you can find me specifically at the pizza taco on twitter and then you can find all of our episodes on youtube and itunes and spotify wherever podcasts are found google except, play overcast podcasts except for soundcloud <laughs> sound fuck soundcloud uh, well if you're on soundcloud you can find <laughs> us talking tropes <laughs> um and you can also find us on Twitter at Talking Tropes. You can also find us on Patreon. Do you guys we have, do have a Patreon? Patreon Patreon.com slash AP Marvel. Uh, we are trying to Great. pay contributors and writers. And uh, we don't really have enough money yet. So if you want to uh, toss us some bucks yeah. for some exclusive Give us some uh, cash podcast money. Episodes. I get yeah, none of it. If you are <laughs> if you think that I'm loud and obnoxious, don't worry. I get no, none of the Anthony money. I doesn't get a cent of this. No, these go to creators and writers, mainly from marginalized communities. Um, 
yeah, we we yeah, yeah, we do cost. over top we with excuse me off topic podcasts. Uh, yeah, so. where we talk about Patreon exclusive. Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, we'll see you guys next week. Check us out on the AP Marvel crossover episode. We'll be up on Thursday. Uh, and I'll be on Thursday. Take it easy. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.